Bekutah Sichas Chelak Chav Dalid Parashik Yisaitse Sichah Beis Rav Mposik Yisivna Bayis Chodesh Vasisa Makala Gagecha and the Posik in this week's parasha which says if you will build a new home you shall make a barrier around the roof so that nobody should fall off Shtetan Sifri so the Sifri says Bayis that the word Bayis a house the Rabbi is Heichal to include also the Beis HaMikdosh as the Micah, if Gak von Heichel Amigdosh, that the uh, that the fact that there was a barrier around the roof of the Beis Amigdosh is given Nishna Lenoi Yukayetzbei was not there just for decoration or something similar. Nor rather Achiyuv Mitzvus Micah. Rather, it was there was an obligation they had to make the Micah. This Micah means the barrier because there is a mitzvah that if you build a ha- uh, a building, you have to make a Micah. Is you do it a shaila, so it's well known the question that comes up. The din is there is halacha as batik nesis or batam that when you build a shul or you build a base medrash, zaynam potter from mica are exempt from making this barrier on the roof. The gemara darshan does the gemara teaches. The pasuk says gagecha your your roof lemaet this lemaute that comes to eliminate batik nesis or batam that since a shul is not your roof, it doesn't belong to a person, to an individual, so therefore it doesn't have to have a makkah. So that's the, the halacha. Is favosu the heichel amigdash mechuyu b'makkah? So then why would the beis amigdash need the makkah if every shul and every beis medrash doesn't need it? Beis the ragetshaver emphert of them. The ragetshaver explains it this way: as the chi of makkah is chal v'yestetem sifri that the obligation to make a makkah as the Sifri says occurs when does it take place Mishas chidushay. as soon as you build the building as soon as the building is, uh, is built the obligation to make the makkah uh, you know occurs applies as soon as the building is built even before you begin to use it Already there is an obligation to be bowed as by Mikdash is the din. And since by the Besam Mikdash, the Allah was as follows. Bainin Bechayl, they would build the Besam Mikdash when everything was still, nothing belonged to Hektish yet. They would buy all the, uh, the stones and the building materials and so on, not from the money of Hektish. It was still considered to be non consecrated. And only after it was complete, that's when they would consecrate the whole building as a holy place. The reason for this was because while people are building, you sometimes lean on the wall or do something, support something, put your tools on the wall. And if it belongs to Hektish, you're not allowed to use anything that belongs to Hektish. So that would cause the builders to be constantly violating uh, Me'ila, the, 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 the prohibition of Me'ila, not to use something that belongs to hectish the, the consecrated something that's consecrated so they didn't consecrate anything only after it was complete everything was built that's where they consecrated it when the Migdush Ved Geboit when it was being built it did not have any holiness yet and therefore is done Chayev so then when they as soon as they completed the building the obligation to make a Makkah set in it was not yet a holy place. It wasn't yet a Beis Amigdosh. It was still not holy. 
And therefore, there was already an obligation to make a maka at that moment, and therefore, they had to build a maka. The is of, that's how the Ragachavar explains it. The Teretz is of a Tzorachian God. What this needs a lot of study, a lot of thought, how this answers the problem. Because number one, the reason that a shul in the base Medish are exempt from Maka is Nizhval Zainan Kodesh is not because they're a holy place. That has that's not the reason why they're exempt from a Maka, nor rather because they don't belong to the individual. There's no individual that could, that claims ownership of the shul. Say Hobanish came by them, there's no owner to the uh, to the shul. And if for this reason, it doesn't matter that the, the materials and therefore the building were not yet holy. But they had no owner, just as a shul has no owner. And therefore it's not your, there's nobody at whom the mitzvah is directed. Your roof, who's the you? Even though it's being, the base of Midrash was being built in a non-consecrated situation, but that doesn't make it anyone's property, personal property, that they should have to build a market. And you can't answer that the Rogachev's answer goes according to the re- reasoning of the Rambam. The Rambam says that the reason why a shul is exempt from Maka is Nizhvail Zebalanginish to Yechidim. It's not because it doesn't belong to any individual, nor rather, the Ramam says, the reason is because nobody lives there. They're not meant to for somebody to live there. Mashenkin the Heichel. Whereas when we talk about the Beis HaMezvah, that when, when it was being built, it was still, as we said, not a consecrated place. Therefore, the, the building could be used theoretically for a living space. And therefore, since the building could be used as a living space, so therefore it does meet the requirements of a market. So you can't say that that's the explanation, while because, because even though by the base of Migdash they would leave it as non consecrated and only when it was finished, that's when they consecrated it. But since it was being built for the purpose of being used as the Beis Hamikdash, is mistaber. So it's reasonable to say, that they would not use it as a living space. Nobody would do that. It's going to be the Beis Hamikdash. Or maybe even. Not only would they not, but that they were not permitted even to use it as a for in the for personal needs of someone, an ordinary person. In other words, a living space for someone. Another question: A b'maka, a building that is uh, that does have the obligation for a maka as mahotim the noch gemacht What happens if there was a, a a building that was used as a personal living space? And then it was sold to a shul, and the shul is now—it's now going to become a shul, or something similar. Or it was sold to some other situation which doesn't have the obligation for a maka. When you sell it and you make it into a shul, so the the obligation that previously existed for a maka no longer exists. It's now a shul. So now there is no obligation for a maka. So the fact that they built it 
when it was still chayil, uh, but then when they consecrated it at that poem, at that moment, there was no longer a reason to have a makkah. So how, why is there an obligation of the Beis Hamikdash to have a makkah once they did consecrate it? Gimel the Yeshlemer Abir So perhaps we can explain it this way. Rashi is Mazbir. Rashi explains as those was batiknesis about the medrashas and nish bechlau that the reason why a shul is not considered to be your roof is vile is because ein chelik laechad mehem boy because there's nobody no individual that has any ownership of it sha'af libnei everayamu because it's not that the people of the city own the shul together because anyone it a shul is open to any traveler anyone that comes from anywhere in the world so everybody can come to a shul so it's not that anybody owns it nobody owns it everybody has use everybody has access the mit bavorant rashi and that in this way rashi explains favos batiknesis why shuls and an andershnabayishotfim why a shul is different than a building a house or whatever a building that's owned by partners there is a partnership two people or four people own a building in partnership, are they also exempt from a market? No, of course not. They do need a market. So why is a shul who has all these people that are, you know, use it together, why are they exempt? Rashi explained it. The din is, the halach is, as bayishul shutfim is a building that is owned by partners is obligated to have a market. The Gemara says, as chach from vort gagechaz mashmadidach in the Shutfus Loi, that even though the word Gagecha, your roof, could also be interpreted only if it's your personal roof, but if it belongs to a number of you together, maybe it's not exempt. Um, I'm sorry, not obligated. It is exempt. So one could say that from Dezveng still, the Allah is not so. Because the Pasuk explains the reason why the Torah instructs to have a Maka. The reason is because somebody might fall off the roof. It's So for this reason, since that's the reason for the market, isn't it kind of It makes no difference. It makes no difference whether it's only one person living there or a number of people that own it together and, and live there. The reason still remains. The Therefore, a house owned by a number of people together still needs to have a market. So according to this, you could ask the question: How then are shuls different? Why is a shul exempted because of its? It's not your personal roof. The reason still remains. If many people live there, what's the difference? Or many people use it. So the occupy it, so therefore there's still the problem of they might fall. Even if it doesn't meet the word your personal roof, you still have to um, make sure that nobody should fall off the roof. Is Rashi Mazvis? Rashi explains it in this way: as by botiknesi is the bottom is nishtov vemen when a shul, there's nobody that you can say it's your mitzvah. You're the one that has to make sure that there's a market. The chi, why? But chi of market is if the bailim from the bias. The obligation to make the market is on the owner of the house. Um by bias shutfim. 
and in a home, a house that is owned by a number of people, is the chiyamaka if yederim from The obligation is on every single individual of those partners, all of them together, and each individual. But the people that live in the city, the ones who built or contributed and they built it together as a community, they build a shul, is no, none of them actually owns the shul. Because in fact, anyone from anywhere in the world can come and use the shul. So who are you going to point to? Who are you going to tell that you have to make a maka? It belongs to everybody in the whole world. Everybody in the whole world can, can daven in the shul, could come to learn in the base medrash. So there's nobody that you can actually throw the obligation onto. And that's how he explains it. And it's not in any way a contradiction from them was from the fact that we find as that in regards to other halachas, that in regards to other matters in terms of the shul, we do view the people of the city as the owners of the shul. Because in regards to the the obligation for Maka is negeya nisht nor the kinin agufa beisaknesis. The issue isn't who owns the actual physical building. That's not the real the real issue. Which in all in those other matters, in which it does we do say that the people of the city own the building and therefore can make certain decisions. Let's say about what should be done with it, and so on. But but in Maka it's not about that. In other words, that if we, when you talk about the ownership of the building, you could say that the people of the city have the responsibility or own it and so on. But in Maka, there is another issue at play. Rather, what's important is, who is the person that lives there? Who are the people that live there, that use it? That's the people that have the obligation to make the Maka. So, so since in, in regards to every shul any Jew anywhere in the world has the right to come and use the shul in any city wherever he may be from as the Ragachava says in regards to the issue is who lives there who occupies it and the living of in a shul, the use of a shul is open to anybody. So therefore, who is this person that needs to make the market? You can't uh, throw the responsibility on every single Jew in the whole world because he can come use the shul. So, so in other words, answering the question that in certain matters we do say that the people of the city have certain... Um, make certain decisions or certain halachas apply because the city, the people of the city own it. But in regards to Maka, it's about who uses it. And who uses it is everybody in the whole world and therefore there's nobody to give the responsibility to. Based on this, it also explains why the the building of the Beis Hamikdash was did need a Maka. 
in the Mikdash of Ali Eden Gehata Every Yid in the world had a share in the Beis Hamikdash. Kein Shutfis, as if to say that they all, as if there is, you know, 600, 600,000 partners. Today there's more, but, you know, every single Yid is a partner in the, in the Beis Hamikdash. Sai in the Makam Hamikdash. They all, all of us together, own the space, the area of the Beis Hamikdash. The Harabayas, the Temple Mount, was purchased by David Amelech from somebody called Aravna from the, the Jebusite, the Yavusi. Where did he get the money from? Where did he collect the money to buy it? He collected money from every single Shevet to contribute towards the ownership of the, the uh, Harabayas. So everyone, every Yid, in other words, the point was that every Yid owns it. Well, now, and the same is true for the building itself. was built from money that came from donations from the entire community. And just like all the Yidin participated in contributing to the building of the Mishkan in the Midbar, is Mistaber, it's, it's uh, reasonable to say, as Ali Yidin Amazigh so they so also almost certain most certainly every yid participated in the to contribute to buying the mil- building materials that were needed for building the Besamikdash. Or the Berakabayas Hamikdash, or they also contributed to the repair and the upkeep of the Besamikdash. So therefore every yid is a shutaf, every yid is a partner in the building and in the property of the Besamikdash. And even though it's true that when an individual contributes to the fund of the Besamikdash, it's done in a way, just like by Karbonus, where the communal Karbonus, where everybody had to contribute to, and everybody gave the half a shekel. But when you give it, it's not that you retain any ownership of it, you're giving it fully totally to the to the fund and you retain no ownership of it you give it fully to them as the uh, the Gemara says and it's not seen as money that everybody has a share in in other words I retain my half a shekel and you retain your half a shekel and that's how we become Shutfim rather they are completely giving it over handing it over to the to the public fund from Desvegen, so therefore that would sort of undermine the idea that we're all partners in the Beis Amigdash. we've given it fully to the communal fund from Desvegen, but still that doesn't completely eliminate the fact that each individual has a share in it as we know the proof of them from Bakashas Meishe Moshe Rabbeinu in the Torah tells us that Moshe Rabbeinu asked Hashem in regards to Kairach when there was the showdown between Kairach and Aaron uh, through Moshe of course and that Kairach wanted to be uh, the Kayan Gadol and therefore there was going to be Kairach brought and so on and let's see so Moshe Rabbeinu asked that Chelkam their share, the share of Kairach and all of his cohorts 
don't accept their share in the carbon that, that is brought, the communal carbonus. Because every day there was a carbon time it brought. So Kairach also contributed to his half shekel and all those people. So Meshach Rabbeinu requested, don't accept their part in the carbon. Which means to say that they did have a personal stake in each carbon. Otherwise, why did Meshach Rabbeinu have to ask that their share should not be accepted? It belongs fully to the community, not to them anymore. So we see that even though it's given to the communal coffers, but each individual has a stake in it, a personal stake in it. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu asked Hashem, don't accept theirs. And for this reason, because every individual has a stake in the Beis HaMikdash, is the Mikdash, the Beis HaMikdash can be seen at least somewhat of a partnership between all Yidin. And since now that we've established that every yid has a personal stake in the base of Mikdash, canal as we mentioned, and, and this is a kavachaymer, if the carbon tamid that, that we talked about by Kairach, if every yid has a personal stake, even though he gave his half shekel fully, totally to the community fund. Still, each one has a personal stake. So, how much more in uh, so in the base amigdash itself? The in the Eden, Therefore, the base amigdash is seen as a building which is owned by many, many shutfim, millions, and therefore there has to be a market. The chiyuv of a market does apply to shutfim. because when they built the base amigdash, even though everybody. Everybody's part of it, but Shutfim have to make a market. And to say mechuyu b'makem muznit zayin gagecha b'shleimus mamish. And in order for the uh, obligation to have a market, it doesn't have to be your personal roof fully. We can also have gimel as oicha b'ishol shutim is nishkain emesagagecha because. As we said before, when a, a building is owned by a number of people together, nobody can claim that it's my roof, it's mine together with all my partners. So it doesn't have to be only my roof. It can be my roof as one of a million partners. And you still have to make a, a, a market. Since we need to make sure that nobody should fall off it, so therefore the reason that the Torah gives for it sort of neutralizes the fact that it's not perfectly mine alone hey however the question could still be asked the chi of maka the obligation for maka is dafke baya bez dira is only only applies to a place which people occupy people live because otherwise you don't need if nobody occupies the space nobody's using the roof so then there's no reason to need a maka which is also the reason why a shul is exempt because a shul is not a place where people live especially according to the Ramam that brings only that reason why a shul is exempt he says because a shul is not made for people to live in in other words, we don't use it in the way that one uses a personal space. You go on the roof, you do things up there, and so on. The shul is, you know, you come to Dab and you go home. 
so the question could be asked, the Beis Hamikdash also was not a place where people lived. Nobody lived in the Beis Hamikdash. What's the need for a market, just like a shul? Perhaps we can answer this way. That Inyan Adira is When we talk about when a place where people live, for the most part it pertains to eating, where people eat. by like for instance the Allah as regards to sukkah, that uh, we know that when the Torah says you should dwell in the sukkah, what does dwell mean? Just like you live in the sukkah. You should dwell there the way you live in your house. So what does it mean you live in the house? You have to live in the sukkah. In what way should you live in the sukkah? As ikir mitzvah yeshuvah b'sukkah, so the main way that one practices living in the sukkah is the achil b'sukkah means to eat in the sukkah. So we see that living in a place means eating in a place. The same applies to the chiyav of ma'ake. That what does it mean a place that you live in? It means a place that you eat in. On the far is Migdash Abbas Dira. And that's why the the Beis Amigdash could be called a place in which people live. Aldos is the Makam Kavua of Achilles Kachim. Because the the Mikdash was the place which where those the uh, the eating of the Karbanas, the leftover of the Karbanas, certain ones of Kachikadashim, had to be eaten only in the holy place. Means in the environs of the Beis Amigdash. When Afopi as a Khilus Kachim is Narba Azara, and even though it's true that the eating of the Karbanas took place only in the courtyard of the Beis Amigdash, Unnisht in Hechel, and nobody went into the actual building of the Beis Amigdash to eat in there, Ayvelchan says, Given the Maike, and the Maike that we talk about is talking about the building of the Beis Amigdash. And that's not really where they ate the Karbanas. Is over the Din. As memeg, however, the Allah is that we're permitted to, and not only permitted to, that if there is a need, for some reason that they can't eat it outside in the courtyard, so then they are permitted to go into the Beis Amigdash, even to the building itself, to eat it in there. Not only are they permitted to, but because eating the Karbanas is a mitzvah, so therefore if there's no other place to eat it, then they have to eat it in the, Beis, the building itself. So therefore, the building of the Beis Amigdash could be seen as a place in which people do live. By live, it means people eat. People eat means that there has to be a market. When says Kenkashen is, then one should not ask the question from them was peshasat chak mega tamad chacham esn oichen abeisaknesses, because the the halacha is that even though you're not permitted to eat in a shul, but in a in a time when a person needs is a tamad chacham, a person that is studying, he's a scholar. And he spends so much time in the base in the shul. So in a in a where there's no other no other option, then the Talmud Chacham is allowed to eat in the shul as well. The Kolchkin in the base Amigdash certainly, if he's allowed to eat in the shul, which means a place which which is made specifically for davening, which has a more stringent uh, halacha in this matter, then certainly in a place where you learn in the base Amigdash, he's certainly allowed to eat. And even so, the shul and the base medish are not called a base dira, even though it's in certain situations you are allowed to eat there. So why should the base amigdash be called a base dira? The question. So this is not a question. Valdorten is der hetem etzadem vasazach hilu v'shtiyah v'shina is derach aray. 
the only reason that you're allowed to eat in the Besam, in the Besamedish and the Besaknesis is because it's only considered a temporary situation. It's a one-time thing. So the so then you're allowed to eat there. In other words, that the reason you can eat there is because you're not making it into a permanent place to eat. In other words, it's not called a, a base dira. The only reason you're allowed to eat there because you're not making it into a place where you're going to eat. It's only a one-time thing. On the far and therefore it, that that will not give it the term a place which people live in, meaning eat, because it's only a one-time thing, and therefore it doesn't need a market. Because it's only considered as a temporary place where you can eat. Sukkah, like for instance a sukkah, is called a base aray, it's only a temporary place. As the same is true also, it's a, a house in outside of Ezisrael, where you live with outside you live uh, if you have a house outside of Eretz Yisrael in Chutzlar it's like in like here where we live or most of us live um, so you don't put up a mezuzah for the first 30 days because at that it's still called a temporary place once you live there for 30 days then there is a chiyuv to put up a mezuzah in regards to having to put up a mezuzah so we see that these are termed as only temporary places of living in a temporary place of living it has a different Allah and therefore doesn't need a market the shul also is a temporary place of eating because you're not allowed to eat there essentially only because it's a one time thing that you need to eat there so then it's still considered a, a diras aray and therefore has no reason to there's no need to make a market however when we talk about the Beis Amigdash and talking about eating the sanctified carbonus was the achille is a mitzvah that the eating of those carbonus is considered a mitzvah was mitzvah so therefore the fact that you're when you're eating in the in the situation in which you have to eat the carbon inside the building of the Besamigdash as they described before now you're eating in there but what are you eating you're eating a carbon which is a mitzvah on you to eat so that mitzvah gives it importance that it's no longer considered temporary the mitzvah makes it important enough to make it permanent this has a certain permanency we're talking about eating l'shem mitzvah, you're eating a mitzvah, a carbon so it gives it its permanence and that's why it needs a makin and especially in light of the fact that especially that the Torah describes the eating of karbonus, that it has to be done by the kainim lamashcha, which means they eat it in honor. The karbonus need to be eaten, not just uh, you know on the fly and so on. Uh, it has to be eaten in, in honor. We're sitting down to eat a karbon because it's a mitzvah and so on. So that gives it even more permanence. Is the saninyan from kviyas, so kviyas, therefore that's considered a permanent place of eating it, and therefore, the the building is considered a base dira kavua. Torah had gehesen esen kachik adoshim beechel. Since Torah instructed that in certain situations, al kavana b'shasat chak, at least in certain situations, one should eat the carbonus inside that building. Is this a base dira? Therefore, that rises to the um, to the status of a base dira, and therefore needs a market. 
As an aside, I wondered about a sukkah. A sukkah, also you eat in a sukkah, and it's a mitzvah to eat in the sukkah, so why does that not rise to the status of being a, a kavua, a place of kriyas, for the same reason? So somebody perhaps suggested that because a sukkah, the whole mitzvah is that it should be a ba'aray. It has to not be the, the permanent house. A sukkah must be an aray. So it would make no sense that the Torah should declare it to be a permanent place because you ate there in a mitzvah. That would take it away from its status as sukkah. Vav. The explanation of the difference between the shul and the Beisamigdash in regards to a makkah at least. To explain it from the inner dimension of Torah. We'll understand that by explaining what exactly is a makkah, what does it mean in spiritual terms. The inner explanation of the Ruchni's mitzvah of making a makkah, lest the one who falls fall off the roof. What is the explanation? Gagecha, when we talk about Gagecha, the roof, which is the question, the, the, the area in question. Vaistoiv hagba v'gaiva. Gagecha means the higher place. That means a person has become arrogant and self-important. What does it mean to make a, uh, a barrier around your roof? It means, as memuz tzamen and magvazayn degav, it means you have to Rein in this arrogance. Because one may fall. The reason is because the, this attitude of arrogance is that is what leads to every descent, to every uh, spiritual descent. As it's well known as that all bad habits that a person has, all bad character that a person has, all comes from feeling of self-importance. Because you feel self-importance, it leads you to anger, it leads you to all kinds of other things. So that's the main, that has to be reined in. Because that will cause you to fall if you don't. And that's the lesson that also a shul, uh, sorry, the Beis Amigdash needs to have Amake. because one could think as the Bavoranish from Amake is Noitiknor that this this concern, why would you need a Maike, a barrier? That's only import that's only a concern, not in the from It's only a, a problem in mundane things, in a house which deals with mundane issues. For is Posha because over there, when, it, when there's a feeling of arrogance, it's just plain, pure, simple arrogance. And that needs to be reined in. But when you're talking about a holy building, which is completely holy, so there, even the roof, even that feeling of being uplifted, feeling important, is also a holy thing. For instance, Hashem that he felt uplifted, he felt raised up in his 
in the ways of Hashem. In other words, he felt this elevated feeling comes from the serving of Hashem. A positive thing. And as the sages tell us, that cannot be a shmata, which means somebody, a, a doormat. A Talmud Chacham cannot allow himself to become a doormat. He has to have one sixty-fourth of gaiva, of a feeling of self-importance, because he shouldn't allow himself to be stepped on and uh, you know dismissed. So therefore, in in kedusha, in the Beis Hamikdash, even the feeling of importance is a positive thing. Is Why is there a need over here to rein in this feeling of importance? Shazawin in Amake, which is the idea of Amake. What do we need Amake in a, when you're feeling important in matters of holiness? Is the Hira. Therefore, the lesson is as a feel of the Gagamigdash, even the roof of the Besa Migdash needs Amake. Unoch mer even more, in Migdash Gufa, even in the Besa Migdash itself, is the Make given of Gaga Hechel, and Oich of the Kedush Gadoshim. The Makes went around the entire building which means it included the outer room of the of the Beis HaMikdash and even the Kedush HaKadoshim, even the Holy of Holies on top of the Holy of Holies there was also, the roof there also was enclosed in a market, which means not only the ordinary Holy, but the Holy of Holies also needs a market. and what's the reason? Because even when a person is at the utmost, at the apex of his of his of importance, very high in his spiritual accomplishments, Muslim Zayin Givarant, you still have to be concerned on Gitzamt, and you have to, you know, rein in Durdem Hergish Abitul. How do you rein yourself in by the feeling of unimportance, of Bitul? A submission to Hashem. to the even contrary, There is a rule in the matters of uh, the laws of ritual purity that when somebody creates a keli, a utensil of some sort, a bowl, and he made every um, followed every single law, made sure that this was tar, didn't have any tuma. It's a keli that is tar. If you want to use that keli in the Beis Hamikdash, you have to toivel it again, which te- means, in spiritual terms, even if a person is on a level, which could allow you to consider that I'm finished, I'm a complete, I'm a perfect vessel for godliness. It's a keli which was fashioned. In holiness, in purity. Darfman das erst Darfman dan erst Then you even then you need to have even uh, uh, to a, in a certain sense you have to have even more. It's a more important to have tefila, which means habitul, which means you have to feel the f- uh, apply a feeling of subservience and submission, lekaidish, in order to be able to reach holiness. As the halacha that says that a keli that was made in Tara needs to have tefillah in order to be able to be used in holiness. The Rebbe t- makes the lesson that even more so in a certain sense, somebody that feels that they are fashioned in holiness certainly needs bittel. Zion. 
So in other words, that that teaches that amake is the, the spiritual lesson is that even when you're in the, in the area of holiness, you still have to be concerned about about feelings of self-importance. Zayin amake kipshuta is the chnishta zay of tzvayit hitn zich. The, the halacha of Maka is not so much, the Torah doesn't describe it as that you shouldn't fall off the roof. Nor ubi'ike zu bavarin azatzveite zonish faun fagagecha. The Torah um, presents it in a way, make a Maka so that someone else, someone shouldn't fall off the roof. Yipol anoifol, the person that could fall off, shouldn't fall off. In other words, it's not so much inner directed as it is outer directed. The same is true also for what the meaning of a maka is in the spiritual sense. The idea of a maka is not just to prevent yourself from having a, a, a descent in, in spiritual, uh, spiritual descent, but it's also there in order to prevent another year to have a spiritual descent. As gagecha, that you're a feeling of arrogance. So You have to be concerned about your feeling of arrogance that it shouldn't cause somebody else to fall. What does this mean? When a yid is involved in trying to spread Yiddishkeit to Makarov Zayin Yidin Labiyim Shavashavayim, bringing Jews in closer in to their Father in Heaven, which is also the meaning of when you build a new house. Spiritually speaking, what does that mean? What that means is that you shouldn't, it shouldn't be enough for you that I serve Hashem, I daven, I learn, I do mitzvahs. But rather, you have to build an entire environment around you which is dedicated to Hashem. That's what it means by bias. You have to put up, you have to build an entire uh, environment around you. An environment that is permeated and saturated with Yiddishkeit. It's not just about you. It's about creating an environment around you. Everyone that comes into contact with you. And if at the, uh, he is a person that displays arrogance. So then it becomes more than just a problem in your personal avayda. Because this could also now lead to somebody else that is in your environment being affected by your arrogance. This is a person that you are meant to be a good influence on them and they see your arrogance and they are affected negatively. When a person has influence on other people and he speaks from the heart, these are feelings, he communicates true, honest feelings from his heart and unconnected and pneus without personal agendas. So then we are certain as then we know for sure that they will, these words will enter the other person's heart and will have their positive effect on the other person. 
but when his words that he communicates to another person are permeated by feelings of self-importance on his part besides for the fact that this will interfere with the effectiveness and therefore success of his words to to be able to bring the other person closer that's one problem. Is this Olu? But there's another problem that this could also have the effect. So Gaidim Zain the Hepak Defun that this could have a negative effect on the other person. The Gaiva in Zainarid Kenanochmarachik Zaindam Shumeya. The arrogance that you permeate could have a negative effect and push a person further away, Rahmanlaslan, God forbid. And another thing that the Pasuk also is concerned about that the, the one who falls will fall as our sages tell us what does it mean the person who falls will fall if he fell then he fell already so what is this double meaning so our sages tell us that it means he is called a person that is falling because he deserves or Hashem decided that he should fall from creation. So he is a person that is falling. But you're going to be the one that contributes to his falling. Even though he essentially is fallen. The only, so then what's, why is it your problem? If he needs to fall anyway, Hashem decided he should fall, why is it your problem? So they, our sages tell us, the, the problem is that Hashem gives a allows a positive thing to happen through a positive person the and a negative event is brought about through a negative person so therefore the reason even though that person was meant to fall but since you're the one that contributed to it so that means that you are now classified as a person who's a negative has a negative uh, as a negative person you were given that mission of causing him to fall so based on this, Aid can tainen, Aid can say, as the nefilah from Tzveitin is nitzayin shuld, the fact that that person got pushed away from Yiddishkeit is not my fault. Narval yener is roi lipul because he's a person that Hashem decided that he should uh, stray further from Yiddishkeit. Why is it my problem? Other nachmer even more neifel kipshutei reshayna neifel. In fact, not only will he become a person that falls, but perhaps he was already a fallen person. So therefore, it's not even my fault. I didn't even push him away. He was already fallen. I just didn't, uh, you know, he went a little further maybe, but it's not my problem, not my fault. Then the Tzveta will give Isha Yosha because if that other person was a straight person without an agenda of his own, so then he would be able to discern the words, what I'm telling him is true. I told him things which are absolutely true. Because these are words of Torah, so they're absolutely true, and he should have recognized that. On the Yeshus, whereas the fact that I communicated it in a way of arrogance, that's my problem. So my arrogance that got into that explanation or that communication. He should have been able to see and to differentiate, you don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. So he should be able to see there is Torah's words that I'm communicating. The way in which I'm communicating my personal arrogance 
you know, get rid of that, ignore that. As uh, our sages tell us about Rab Meir, that he was able to eat the good stuff and get rid and ignore or get rid of the negative stuff that was coming. So it's his fault that he wasn't able to make that distinction. The only reason that he didn't make that distinction is because he's already fallen. He's not a person, a straight person. The river, and therefore, when he hears somebody coming across with arrogance, it has an effect on him. It causes him to fall even further. So that, why is that my fault? So why you're telling me that I have to be concerned and, and rein in my feeling of self-importance because somebody who has fallen might be affected by my arrogance. I have to go do all kinds of work to make sure that somebody who's already fallen shouldn't have a, another descent. That's what I have to work for. Zakmanen, so we, he is told that's what the message of Maka is. As Nish Kukendig Vasyanir is a nifl that notwithstanding the fact that that person is fallen, leaked Abarif M Achiv Tavarhitan, but it's still my responsibility to make sure as Fungagecha that from my roof, from my arrogance, from Daingag, Zalnishtariskum to the Nifil of Nanifl. I should never be the cause of a person, even a person who has fallen to fall a little further. Du darfst nicht sein von divas You shouldn't be one of those people about whom it is said that Hashem causes a negative thing to happen through a negative person. Don't be part of that group. You should never be the cause of another person's falling even if it's just a little further. That's why it's important that uh, every Yid has to know that even the self-importance that comes from a person's great status in uh, you know Yiddishkeit and in holiness and in learning and so on, make sure that you rein in any feelings of yeshus of self-importance. Ches if them kemen so one could have the following uh, complaint or the following uh, response. Since I know that I have, I know that I'm an arrogant person. So what do I have to get involved? And maybe I will be the downfall of another person because of my negative attitudes. How do I know that I'll be able to rein it in properly? Maybe it'll get out and another person will be offended by my feeling of self-importance. So how am I going to be able to to make sure that I don't fall and I don't get involved in self-importance and I don't cause another person to fall? So what am I, what's the best solution? Don't do anything. So don't get, don't start building homes. Don't start effect, trying to affect other people. You could make things worse. So I may have that that response especially in trying to reach out to another yid and I could make it worse first do no uh, you know do no wrong do no harm so, uh, so what's the response to that is the posik makdim so the posik says before starts the maika as alz abrocha so the posik gives like a blessing when you will build a new house 
that a Yid has to build a house, a structure, an environment for Hashem, by creating an environment of Yiddishkeit around him. Kenal, as we said before, and you can't rely on other people that they should make an environment, but you don't have to be part of it. It has to be a new, a new building, meaning a new environment. What does that mean? You have to create one that isn't already in existence. Yes, we know your friend has an environment, but there has to be a new one, meaning yours, the one that you made. Because every yid has their part of the world that they need to emphasize, that this individual needs to elevate and purify. And you have to create a new Jewish environment around yourself. It has to be new, not something that somebody else did. The full machna is and to make out of that a place for Hashem. You can't rely on the fact that all the generations that came before you have already done a phenomenal job. You can't rely on other Yidin that exist in your time. But you have the personal responsibility to build up your share in the world. Which is your novel, that's why Hashem brought you into the world, to create your space and that not that you should rely on somebody else's accomplishing a space, and therefore you're exempt on the far and therefore when you meet up with another Yid which the fact that you met another Yid is in itself divine providence that Hashem led you in a certain way, and therefore and therefore the fact that you met up with this person means that their being elevated and being brought closer is your responsibility that's why you met him and therefore you can't say I will not get involved in helping this person out because who knows I, make, I might make things worse and even if that person is in the status of a fallen person and you have the problem which is that you feel self-important which could possibly cause that person to have a, a greater descent so just because you have a feeling of self-importance that fell by therefore he should suffer because you have a problem with uh, self-importance he shouldn't be able to be elevated to where he needs to be but then is the fact that he his elevation is dependent on you. That's the that, how do we know that? Because you met him. So why should he suffer? Because you suffer from a problem of self importance. What's the answer? The answer is make reign in your self importance. Create a maka, reign in your self importance, and then you'll be able to deal with people and elevate them. And you have you don't have the option to say declare yourself free from this problem. I'm not going to do it if, if if they don't like my work. So then I'm not going to do it at all. I will I I fold my hands. I'm not going to be involved with other Jews because I could make things worse. The answer is no. Make sure that you don't make things worse. Okay, you do the As is known, the story of the chidim. 
and the name of the Mittler Rebbe. The Mittler Rebbe had gemacht that the Kona as the Chsidim was flagging Kuma and Kain Lubavitch, the Mittler Rebbe instituted that all the Chsidim that came to Lubavitch to visit him, to spend time with him, so when they were returning home on the way, as they passed through different towns and uh, cities and so on, they should repeat the teachings, the Mamorim Chsidis that the, that the Middle Rebbe taught. They had to relate it in those stops that they made along the way home. For and Fabayim, where they passed through. So there was a certain young, a young man, a Chosid who had the talent to be able to communicate chsidus and chsidic ideas in a very successful way. So, so he said to the Rebbe, I don't know what to do. As by He said, when I repeat chsidus, when I teach chsidus, and I do it so well, I start feeling important. I see feelings, feelings of self-importance, of arrogance. I do such a good job. So therefore, I, I feel this is a terrible thing that I should feel this way. So I'm going to stop doing it. I'm going to stop teaching Chassidus because this brings me to feelings of self-importance. The middle Rebbe answered, You should become an onion. Meaning to say, you should feel your true place. Small, like an onion buried. The onion grows under the ground. But you have to continue to teach chsidus. In other words, the op, there is no option. Stop doing it because you feel too important. Continue doing it, but feel lowly, feel bittle. And that's the answer here to Tess. How pikol and how based on all this that men oich vashtein the chiluk tzishim based on knesset and based on medish, based on migdash. Through this, we'll also understand the difference between a shul and the Beis Hamikdash. The inu from Beis Hakneses of Beis Hamedish is what is the function of a shul and a Beis Hamedish? Avodas Torah. These are places in which a person davens and studies Torah. Vos dosis de avodas ruchnis from the mention in zich or midzich. Learning and davening that is working with your own, with yourself. That's personal growth. That is reaching your, uh, that is developing your own spiritual status. Mashenkin beis hamigdash, whereas the beis hamigdash striktois klolos avedus adam beis hamigdash relates to not just working with yourself, but what is the general purpose of man's creation? Nishno the avedah mitzich is not only to grow yourself, nor oich. But also the other In fact, this is the main purpose of of a person's existence in this world. The avodah from dirubatachtenim is to create a place for Hashem in this world, in the lowest worlds. So machen v'niyan megashminum velt to create to transform the physical world. to turn the physical world into a place in which Hashem is comfortable, which can contain spirituality so it's not about you it's more about what you're doing for the world and therefore since this is the real the, uh, that's the purpose of the Beis HaMikdash so one of the main Avedah, one of the main services in the Beis HaMikdash was the Avedah of the Karbonus was the Avedah of the Karbonus 
which means to elevate a, an animal, gashmis, a physical animal, and to elevate it and make it into a holy thing, to that it's a sacrifice to Hashem. So in other words, that's the idea of making gashmis into ruchnis. And there is the eating of the kainim of the karbonus, and then there is the part of the karbonus that are eaten by the owners of the carbon. That is to elevate when, when we eat, we know that we transform physical matter into spiritual. So that's what's represented by the Beisamigdash. And the same is true for the general idea of the Beisamigdash the idea of the Beis HaMikdash was in order to have its influence reach out to the rest of the world to bring spirituality to the rest of the world which is the reason why the windows in the Beis HaMikdash were designed in the opposite way as, as they are in a, home, in a home in a home the windows of the time were since they didn't have glass so they would make a very narrow opening to the outside and then it would on an angle, it would open wider to the inside, so that a, that the light would penetrate the house. The light from the outside would come into the house and spread to the whole house, whereas it protected the house from rain and so on. That's why it was narrow on the outside, wider, widened as it got inside. But the windows of the Beis Hamikdash were the opposite; they were narrow on the inside and widened to the outside because it was the window was meant to spread the light from inside the base of Mikdash to the outside world. So that the light from inside the base of Mikdash should illuminate and bring illumination should illuminate the outside and it should testify to all the people of the world that the Shechina that is inside the base of Mikdash that's where the Shechina is, and they saw it from the evidence that the light came out to the whole world. In other words, that the Beis Hamikdash was there in order to permeate light, to spread light to the whole world. Since the main purpose of a Maka is to make sure that the one who falls should not fall, at Svetin. In other words, that another person is in a Darge for Neufel, that is a, in a in on the level of a fallen person, while that is a bazich, and the same is true for yourself. Then is vanuma mida avayda vas vabunu mid yoyred zayim fundem egenim adrege vanemazich mid birra oylam. In other words, when a person sometimes has to has to has to come down from an exalted place where he's where he's involved in learning and davening spiritual things, and then he has to come down a level in order to go out to the world and have to deal with the worldly matters and to have his influence on the physical world, which is the idea of Tivna Bayis Chodesh, to build a, an environment outside in the world. Therefore, when a Yid is involved in personal growth, in learning, in davening, where you're not so much connected, you're not connected to the world, with dealing with the world. So over there, it's not that essential to have a maka because you don't need as much protection. It's about you. Whereas when the Beis Hamikdash, which represents that avoda, which means to transform the world, the physical world out there, 
when an Avaida Ruchnis is the Savaida from Boyin Abayislashem, which as we said spiritually that means that one should create an environment for Hashem, Machandam Sviva Adiralay's Baruch to make the outside environment also a place for Hashem. But then over there there is a need to have a maka. And that's explained spiritually speaking why a shul and a base a shul and a base medish do not need a maka, whereas the base amigdash, which is outwardly focused, does need a maka. Afopikain, even so, is the Tachos Hashlemus Fabunamit and Beis Amigdash Dafke, even though the shul is more personal and more elevated and spiritually elevated, but the main purpose is the Beis Amigdash, because it's only through that Aveda, that's what the, through this we fulfill, complete the real purpose of the creation. And through this we create a new house, meaning an environment we create a place for Hashem in this world and through this is we will also merit the building of the third base of our day literally